Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Welcome to Greater Church. My name is Lydia. Um, thank you for being here. Let's go ahead and get right into our scripture for today. It's going to be uh, two scriptures, Proverbs 18, 13. And then we're going to also reach into Proverbs 4. Uh, but as the the... It comes up, and as you're looking up the, the verse in your Bible, if you brought one or on your smartphone, um, I just want to remind you that we have party with the pastors today. So um, if you're new here or maybe you've just kind of just been visiting and want to get to know us a little bit better, um, go. we're going to be meeting with you in the back, have party with the pastors, and uh, we'll have light refreshments and child care for you. we just like to get to know you and... Um, uh, see see where you are in the journey. Um, let's go ahead and read from our, our verse today. It's Proverbs 18, 13. It says, He who answers a matter before he re- hears it, it is folly and shame to him. And then in Proverbs 4, 23, it also says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And if you're taking notes, and this is going to be a great, I know I, I've been saying it, uh, but this one I feel like is Filled, filled with like lots of golden nuggets to, to jot down um, with help in our relationships. So let's go ahead and pray before we begin. Um, oh, and also the title of the message is called Holy Hearts. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you that we have this opportunity to be here in your presence, to be here, uh, to hear your word, to, to know where you are and understand uh, what you desire of us, Father, that uh, you want to see the best for us, and what? And um, we thank you, God, because we have this opportunity right now. Let uh, Pastor Chino and myself decrease as you increase. Let your Holy Spirit let us hear the words that you want us to hear, Father God. We thank you, and we give you glory and honor for all that we do. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Can y'all put your hands together? Make some noise for Jesus. Come on, if you're expecting for a word, would you put your hands together? Amen. Awesome. Hey, today um, we are in part three of this relationship series called Real One. And I want to be very clear up front. I think when you hear relationships, some of y'all are, you know, you might be single, ready to mingle. Some of y'all are single and not ready to mingle. You're like, I'm good with that for a while. Maybe you're dating, you're engaged, or maybe you're in a marriage. I think these flow in every one of these. But I also don't want to just kind of isolate those into those. I also want to let you know that this also works in relationships with friends. We're talking to those. We're also talking to business owners. If you are a business owner or maybe you desire to be in some type of leadership at some point, these all kind of flow together and they work when it comes to relationships. On the first Sunday, we preached the message called You're the Win. And so this was all about highlighting the two greatest relationships in your life, the relationships that you'll never be able to escape out of. These two relationships are going to be with you before you were born and they're going to be with you after you pass away. And that's the relationship with you and God. And so we unpacked what that looks like, how to understand your identity, who you are, but also who is God. And then the second one that we did last Sunday is slow is still go. And we talked about this idea of like slowing down. Because you're single, it doesn't mean that you're incomplete. Because you're single, it doesn't mean that that is insignificance. And singleness is not a prison sentence. 
in this time, you want to learn about yourself. So if you're married, engaged, you're dating, you need to start understanding as a single person, you can be in a relationship. Me and my wife, I'm, I'm, I'm married to her. This is my boot thing. You know what I mean? We're one. But I also have my own CPU, my own central processing unit. I have a soul. I have a heart. I have past pains, hurts. I have my own life. She has her own life. Together, we've brought it. But I still carry stuff, and I still have to work through this. And so last Sunday, hopefully, you can go back and read that one um, because I think it's important. When it comes to relationship, though, I feel like we speed through a lot of things. Show you this. My daughter, Abigail, uh, I love her. She's awesome. Um, we have a lot of friends that have pets. How many pets people's in the building? You like pets? I can't stand y'all. God bless y'all. I don't know how you do God bless y'all. <laughs> Everybody been telling you, get a dog. I say, I got three of them. Three. <laughs> Abigail, Ramses, and Levi. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not, where is Levi too? If somebody can bring Levi in the room for me, please. He's doing checking. Oh, he's doing checking. He's doing checking. Okay. My, my kids. And I'm like, yo, I don't want a dog. That's too much work. And then I watch Marley and me. Anybody watch Marley and me? I'll never get a dog. Fernanda, I'll never get a dog. I don't want to go through that pain. If you've never watched it, don't watch it. It's traumatic. No, I don't want to go through that, man. That's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And so our kids constantly, dad, let's get a dog. All my friends are like, yo, let's get a dog. I'm talking about friends. I got my dear friend Yuyo in the building today from Miami, Florida. Love you, bro. Come on, y'all give him a greater church welcome. We love you. Dear, dear friend of mine for 10 years plus, man, longer than that. Seen him grow up. Seen him literally grow up, man. And so he's real, real. Him and his family, we love them dearly. Um, my friends are always like, get a dog. I'm like, get a life. Leave me alone. I'm not getting anything. But I succumbed to the pressures of humanity um, and not get a dog. I didn't get a dog. I won't get a dog. Maybe when we're like older, I think. Yeah. No, I don't know. If you take care of it, I'm not taking care of nothing else when I get older. <laughs> I did my job. <laughs> We, we, I love my kids, y'all. Okay, yeah. My my daughter was like, she wanted, we, we were like, okay, we'll meet in the middle. You know what I mean? Because we're modern parents. And we're like, we'll meet in the middle. And so we got her a fish. <laughs> I thought it was a fish. Throw some water in that mug. Dump the fish in there. God bless you, buddy. Do your best. You're on your own. Don't <laughs> sprinkle a little bit of water in. No. Yo, my poor wife. Turned into a, a chemistry biologist. Because you had to put the bag in there. Then you had to regulate the water. And then you had to put certain chemicals in there. And get the filter and the rocks. And the whole time I'm playing Madden on the PlayStation. I'm like, that's amazing, babe. I love it. It looks so pretty. It looks so pretty. The colors and all that. And so my, my, they had this fishbowl with all the stuff. The thing is, before we bought the fish, we did zero research. None. We did zero <laughs> research. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know how to do it. We, we're sitting there YouTubing that job, trying to figure it out. When do you feed a fish? How much do you feed? Because they could die if you go feed them. God. And so we bought one, and this is my daughter, y'all. She named the fishes. The first one that she named was uh, Cookie, was the first one. The second one is Chocolate Chip, and the third one is Mint. <laughs> I promise I'm not making this up. These are my daughter's fishes. This is what she called them. And so we didn't know anything about the fishes. You know, we got them in there. Number one, we didn't know how to take care of them or what we were, how to regulate stuff. And so we had to clean the water and all of that stuff. And, you know, all that, we were learning. But then also, we didn't, we didn't know the capacity of a Marley and me situation happening in our daughter's life, right? <laughs> Dogs, they last for a little while. Yes. Cats, they last longer. Fish, they don't live a whole lot of time. So long. <laughs> 
And so, Lid, would you share with us what happened when you came to the house the other day? Uh, so, it was time to, you know, change the water and do the thing. So, I was like, okay, it's time. And I started looking, and I'm like, I found two of the fish, and I couldn't find the third one. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. And I was like, what's going on with this? So, I took the filter out, not thinking, and I looked in the filter, and I saw the fish at the bottom of the filter. And I was like, oh, my God. But Abby's, like, literally standing right next to me. And I... I'm not the liar. Like, don't ask me to lie. Oh, I would have totally lied. Don't, I would have said, baby, no, he's good. He's just sleeping. I would have went to pet supermarket, grabbed the little other orange one, bloop, look it in there. He lost weight. He's on paleo. You know what I mean? Yes. He's been working through stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so this is the thing. If you want somebody to make up a story, you go to him. If you want the truth, you come Such to me. Such a liar. <laughs> Your I pastor's can't. a liar. No, I know how to guard my daughter's heart. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I did very bad as a mom. Yes, he, he was even mad at me. He's like, why didn't you just like hide it? And I could run to the store and get a new one and put it in. She wouldn't have even known the difference. I'm like, babe, I, I, I was a little traumatized myself by seeing this fish in the bottom of the filter. Like I couldn't figure. Anyways, needless to say, she was kind of standing there. And then I looked at Chino. I'm like, what do I do? And he was like, what? And I'm like, what do I do? And then she caught on. And it was like, as if like, her grandma or It was a human died. being that died. She it was literally died. a human being. I've never, I've seen this girl cry, but. And tears and tears. And I just, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I didn't just think that that was going to happen. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think we prepared for that. You know what I'm saying? Like. I wasn't prepared. Yo, we, when I tell you this girl made me bury the fish in the backyard, we had a service. Yes, had I'm a not service. making this up. We sat there, say some kind words. Oh, Cookie, I just love the way you used to swim. Like, I mean, the whole gambit, bro. And I was just like, dude, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. We were, I think we were shocked. Yes. Um, but then I, I figured this out. I just didn't plan for this. Yeah, I didn't think to myself, yo, there is some things that are going to come alongside of this when it comes to this thing here. I don't think we really think through relationships completely. I think for a lot of us, when we think about relationships, it's kind of like what we saw on TV. It was Martin and Gina, you know, Fresh Prince, and how we saw Stefan, you know what I mean, when he turned out of Urkel. And we're like, I want the love, the fairy tale marriage, but I don't think we really understand what we're getting into, right? And so I think with these things, it's important for us. And what we're trying to unpack today for you guys is just to, let me just shine a light a little bit on what relationships are. You know what I mean? What, what does it look like when Josh is sitting in there and has to have emergency surgery and Caitlin's praying for him? And this is what a wife does for a husband. You know what I mean? You didn't sign up for that. I'm not signing up to go visit you in the hospital, Carlos, when you're sitting there and barely can walk, barely can move. And you know what I mean? Jen, you're sitting there and you're loving on him and like, yo, we didn't, we didn't sign up for this stuff. This stuff is really, really impactful. What happens with relationships, if I'm honest with you, is that we don't do the research. We kind of just allow our hearts to kind of lead us. Isn't that right? We, we allow our hearts to lead us. What does the Bible say about our hearts? Here we go. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? My wife said it last week. Who tells you the most lies? Who tells you you'll never do it again? Who tells you you're going to do so good? Who tells you, I promise I'll never do that again. I'm so sorry. And then does it again. You. You lie to yourself, you hurt yourself, you damage yourself, you cheat yourself, and then you go right back to yourself and be like, hey, what's up, self? How you doing? But also, when I think about relationships, 
When I think about us getting into relationships, not only do you have to kind of figure out, yo, what am I getting into right here? But I also think that you have to understand um, for every one of us, we, we're finding ourselves entering into relationships from feelings and not from calling. Let me explain what that means. I believe everybody in this room has a unique call. A call is that I believe God wants to do something in your life. I know it for a fact. For those of you that have called on the name of Jesus, some of you, you're going to be, you're incredible. And I know we have military professionals and we have um, law enforcement professionals and medical professionals and we have all type of different, and you're going to do incredible feats for God and in your profession. And then you're going to pass away and you're going to, I mean, you're going to love church and you're going to serve at church and do all type of stuff. You're going to pass away and you're going to get a thumbs up. You know what I mean? Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Love. Salvation comes not by your profession, but by your confession, right? And so our faith in Jesus is what gets us into heaven, right? Then there's some of us that, bro, Jonah, you're going to Nineveh in a whale. You're going in a guppy, in a Uber, in a Lyft. Buddy, you're going to Nineveh. Like, Jesus, you're going. And so we, some of us, this is what we do. We're called to this thing. And 24-7, if you are not called to the ministry, bro, go drive trucks. If you're not called to pastoring as pastors, I'm going to tell y'all, yo, I mean, start a food stand or something. something. Do, a, do a truck. Do a food truck. It's really, really good. You don't want to get into this. But if you're called to it, you ain't got no choice. Yeah. You ain't got no choice. But here's what I would tell you. I think when, when we, when we kind of think through these things, everything that you do in your life is going to water your call. Here's what I mean. You got a seed in you. And that seed is your call, what God wants you to do. Every relationship that you get into, every conversation that you get into, all the music that you listen to, the books that you read, you're constantly watering that call. It's constantly being developed. What type of person you bring into your life, what kind of marriage you've allowed to be developed in your life are all going to make sure, are all going to water your call. I love Darius Daniels. He wrote a book called uh, Relational, Relationship or Relational Intelligence. And he says, friends, and I would say relationships, offer more than company. They help us to carry out our calling. What we're going to talk about today is the idea of dating, right? And so if you're married, you're dating. You might not be doing it as much as you can. We're going to help you with that. If you're single, you're going to start dating. If you're engaged, you're dating. Like if you're dating, you're dating, obviously. The word dating, we used to call it, or back in the days, it used to be called courting. And the word courting comes from the root word court. And it's a legal proceeding. What you're doing is that you're trying to figure out do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person or not? And so today, what I want you to understand is, what does it look like to be intentional and understand what relationships really are? Yeah, so, so when you're dating, uh, we're, what we want to talk about today is, is, is what Chino said, dating. But remember that, that we are all on different journeys, and some of us are married, and some of us are engaged and some of us have um, uh, other relationships where maybe we can apply this information not only just in a romantic relationship but in our personal relationships um, because the things that we're going to talk about is being intentional and we, we did we were doing some research about this and we 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 got a, a, a book called uh, uh, Relation, relationship Goals by Michael Todd. And he introduces two types of dating. Um, because uh, 
when we're when we're thinking about it, there there's there's two ways that you can go about dating someone, and it's it's either being intentional, or it's being recreational. And when you're recreational, it's it's always this idea about I just want to have fun. I just want to to do this because it feels good. Or, or, or because, you know what, he's got a six back. Or man, she looks really, really great. And there's like all this chemistry. She got a thick back. <laughs> a thick back. <laughs> Bars. Bars. Well, and, and I don't think it, and here's the, it, the truth is that stuff doesn't last. Right. You but, remember when I had a six pack? Yeah, it was a while ago. Damn, you ain't got to say it like that. <laughs> you got to say it all that. Because girl, you, let I mean, me stop. I've been married for 18 years, so. You still, like, you but know. let me stop, go, stop. <laughs> Stop. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, but like what he was saying, you know, it, it changes. The, the chemistry goes away. You know, all of a sudden you start seeing the things about that person that's kind of like, mm, I don't really like that about that person. I, all of a sudden, like, he doesn't look as good or she doesn't look as good as when we were dating. And, and all of a sudden things start to change. So when you go into dating someone and that, are, that is the only thing that you are focusing on, the having fun and man, she looks good or he looks great and we have so much chemistry and this is never going to change. Guess what? It does. And then, so what we're trying to do is trying to lead you on a path to be able to start looking at these things in a more intentional way. When you're, rec when you're recreational dating or casual dating, this, this is anything like a one-night stand or, 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 or relationships that are, are super short-term where, like, there's no intention of, like, I, I like you, we have chemistry, I want to get together with an intention of maybe either just sleeping with you or just being with you for a while, but I am not in the moment where I'm going to commit to you and what happens is is in those those things drama happens you know if 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 you get to the point where like you really really like this person and all of a sudden you're so attracted to this person and if you if you actually took a point and you stepped out of that feeling and that attractiveness and that infatuation you realize why am I attracted to that person because there's something there that's making me feel that way. I really don't like when that person does that, or I don't like when this person does this. And it'll put, it can lead you into situations where you have problem. Baby mama drama, right? Or baby daddies, right? You can end up with a one night stand and then you end up with a baby and you're like, oh my God, now this person is in your life for the rest of your life. And you got to deal with that drama of that person who you really might not even like. You just had some chemistry that night, right? So I want to talk about a word casualty, right? If, when we're talking about dating and stuff, sometimes it's like, oh, we just casually date, right? If you think about the word casualty, the casualty, you hear that word often, it's like casualty, the casualty of war or a casualty from, from, from that armed robbery or something like that, where that person was doing what they were supposed to be doing and there was a casualty that took place. They died or they got shot or something major happened. Casual, if you think about the word casual, it's the root word of casualty. So meaning, if you're just doing stuff, dating, and being casual about it, there can be some casualties that come out of that. 
And there can be some heartaches that come out of that. Disappointments, your self-esteem can shrink. Like things, passions and, and dreams and things start to die. You start to think about yourself in a way that's like, well, you know what, this person, you know, we've been dating for a while and casually, it, it, but they don't want any kind of commitment. And you know what, now I'm not worthy of being married to someone because they didn't want to do it. No one else would want to do it. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, do not be deceived because evil company corrupts, corrupts good habits. If you think about it, if you're not being intentional with who you're dating, you're going to end up finding someone maybe that maybe isn't the best. Bad girl, good, good, girl, good guy. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you end up finding yourself where, where you're, you're, you're getting drawn into habits because you're like, I find that person attractive, but then now... Uh, that person is, is, is not so good for me, but you know what? I really like them. And I'm really like drawn to them for some reason. And guess what happens? You begin to change. You begin to pick up the habits of, of those who are around you. It's like that old saying is, tell me who you are. And uh, what is it? I'm sorry. The, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are, right? So because that's the idea. If you're hanging out with someone that's not, not where, where you want to be and not going to pursue you and push you towards your purpose, then you're going to end up in a place where you're not, you're not going to be good and you're going to find yourself in a, in a frustrating situation. Absolutely. I think we've all met that boy or that girl, right? That we told them, yo, don't date her. <laughs> and they dated him regardless. And then you're like, and then you start to watch as they slowly start to change. They don't answer your questions, stop coming to church, start acting real sus and weird. You're like, bro, you changed. It's that bad company corrupts good morals. You ever been in a room with a bunch of sick people and walk in there with your little high vitamin C and make everybody healthy? What ends up happening? About a week later, you, you know, doing all that weird stuff. That's where bad company corrupts good morals. And so I think when we're, when we're talking about these things, what my wife mentioned, intentional dating and recreational dating, I think when that, there's a danger even in marriages to have recreational dating. Here's what that looks like. And even companies and businesses, when you, come, when you become way too familiar. So date night, that junk happened back in 2016. When's the last time you gone on an intentional date? Not... Hey, babe, we're watching Netflix. When's the, and chill. When's the last time that you actually sat there and had a conversation about something? When's the last time that you were really intentional about growing and understanding, I know who I am. I want to get better because I want to offer you something better. When's the last time that we've been intentional? Because sometimes what happens is that we get real recreational with it. And it's just like, yo, you take care of the kids. You clean. You go to work. We have sex. I'm going to do this part. And then, you know, get up and rinse and repeat. And Saturdays come along. We're going to go hiking. Yeah, right, bro. <laughs> the laundry's still down in the basement. I mean, marriage, bro, it just, it just, if you, if you're not intentional about it, you will continue to go down that piece. Um, what does intentional dating look like? I think here, please listen to me and I'm going to help some of the, the ladies who are maybe in a relationship or, or maybe you're, um, you've been in a relationship for a while. Listen to me. Dating is not a destination. 
dating is not a destination. Can I tell you, engagement is not a destination, right? You don't just get to there. Oh my God, some of y'all know, you started dating somebody and you were like, I did it. You know what I mean? She fell for the riz. I did it. <laughs> no! Bro, I'm Cuban. Please understand this. I'm telling you from my culture. I don't know about your culture. I'm going to tell you my culture. My culture... Bro, granddad dated grandma for 30 years, bro, and never got married. You plan on getting married? For what? Had four different baby mamas. And grandpa, here's what he taught us. What he taught us was covenant, entering into a covenant isn't really important because I can step out of this because there's no real covenant and I got, you know, my tiga down the road, she, she has my kid. You know what I mean? And, I, I'm, and here it is that I'm, I haven't been intentional and I've created dating as a destination when dating is just a precursor for you to learn if the person that you're with is one that you want to spend the rest of your life with in a covenant of marriage. And so what happens is that you find yourself just kind of lallygagging and waiting as years pass by and there's casualties to it because now as a kid, I go to a job, and if the job tells me, hey, you got to be here at 8 o'clock, I show up at 8.30, and my boss pulls me in, and he's like, hey, man, you supposed to be at 8 o'clock. What happened? Oh, man, you ain't letting me be free. You trying to oppress me. You don't understand. I got a life, and I got a car. Yeah, you told me that four times ago. How long? Just change the car, bro. Get rid of the freaking car, dude. Like, you keep telling me the same thing, and now I get fired, or I quit because I'm like, I, I'm, I don't need this crap, and I quit one job, one relationship, another diet, because I have never learned what covenant is. Understanding that like, yo, I love my generation. We are Gen Xers. Um, the generation before me, which were the boomers. Yo, that was some of the greatest generations uh, to me that has ever existed. Because they understood what it was like to be flint. Like, you're not going to move me. They had one job. Whether they liked it or not. 30, 40 years in one company. They saved for retirement. They had one wife. They had one car, bro. One house. Like, they, were, they knew what it was to have stability. I'm a Gen X. Some of y'all, if you were born 1980, a little bit into the 1900s, you knew. <laughs> Rough. We, anything you could do, I could do better. If, my gener if the generation before me had one wife, we had three wives. We had three cars. We had four houses. You know what I mean? We done change jobs every... And, bro, when you get down to the millennials and the Gen Zs, they might work for you for two weeks and then they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Hey, can you sign? I'm sending my resume to this other person. <laughs> You're working for me, bro. What do you mean a resume? And it's so normal for them because there is no real intentionality. There's no real covenant. So then dating is not a destination. It leads you to marriage. That's what it should lead you to if you're doing it intentionally. So what does intentionally look like? Married folk, here's what it looks like. When you're on a date, I'm helping you marry folk and young folks and the ones that are older but are dating, listen to me. This is what relationship, like I look at my boo. Girl, I might just do the altar call right now. Sorry. Um, when I, I'm having a conversation with my wife and we're out, here's what we usually do. And if you've been to our marriage G group, then you know this is some of the stuff we do. I'll sit there and I'll be like, hey boo, how you doing? Hey baby. What did you, don't talk to me like that, girl. Don't you threaten me with a good time. I'll say, hey, babe, where am I crushing it at? Where am I doing really good in our relationship? What am I doing good? Oh, right now I got to answer? Sorry. They're not here. It's just oh, me and you. Oh, we're, we're, we're practicing. Okay. Babe, you've been doing so great on, like, picking up a 
after yourself. <laughs> I'm just making me nervous if they're all looking at us. <laughs> you've been just so great when you've been picking up after yourself and like doing the laundry and making sure like when you see things that, oh, sorry, the, yep. the, the, you see things like on the floor picking up and, and when the kids need to get, like when I ask you, hey, can you help me go grab the kids and things like that, you've been doing really, really good. Personal stuff. Uber, y'all. Yeah, you Awesome. Yeah. And, and you've been dressing nice and cute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll tell y'all, I'll tell y'all what that means in a little while. I'll tell you why we do this. And then and then I'll have a conversation and I'll tell her, Boop, your emotions, man, you I know that they're you're carrying three different ministries in our church right now, but you have a way of being able to say, okay, let me hold this for a minute. Chino, how you doing? What would you like to eat, babe? Hey, are you doing good and rubbing and doing all of these different nice things? And so you're being very intentional to be able to like walk through seasons of like, there's a lot that you're carrying, but being able to say, I'm not going to bring that home with me. And so I appreciate your intentionality in trying that, right? And so this is what dating should look like. It's having marriage for sure, having these conversations. What does it look like if, you're, if your husband is a tyrant? What does it look like if when you try to have that conversation with your husband, he's just going ballistic and doesn't want doesn't to do it? Here's some of the things that you can do, and I'm going to talk about it at the end of the service. But one of the things that you can do, number one, the biggest, listen to me, because I hate when this gets minimized. Prayer really works. I promise you that prayer really works. And so as you begin to water that seed in his life with prayer, God's going to allow for moments for you to be able to talk and have conversations intentionally. Now, here's another way that you can do it. And I'll, I'll talk about it in my next point. Um, but man, getting a little bit of information as to what makes him tick, because he's not acting like that with you. There's stuff that happened to him in the past. And as you slowly start to get into these things, because you're already married, you're not leaving out of the covenant of marriage. If you're dating or you're engaged and he acting crazy like that, but you better run for the freaking woods. You ain't got no covenant. Just because he gave you a ring don't mean a thing. Bars, I'm sorry, bars. I'm like a rapper today. It's because you're Yito's here. That's because you're Yito's here. It's because you're here. But, but, but being serious, like I'm not telling you to just disappear, but man, if you're being physically abused, mentally abused, verbally abused, and you haven't married this man, get out of that. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. And so what does it look like intentionally say, Chino, what does it look like to intentionally date? What does it look like? Too many to words. I got you. I understand. <laughs> Y'all were like, I try. date. <laughs> Here's what I mean when we say intentionally date. Take some notes because I promise you that this is going to be the, word, the price of admission. Um, if you meet somebody and you're in the dating process, or maybe you're engaged and you're in the dating process, or um, if you're just figuring out as a company, like, hey, I want to start to get to know an employee, or like, hey, I want to get to know this friend, and I just want to know who these people are. You have to be intentional. If somebody is not intentional with you, then you do not waste your time with them. Yes. I'm giving you permission to walk away. If you tell somebody, hey, I want to get intentional with the way that we talk, and they're like, oh my God, you're doing too much. Why do we have to do all this stuff? Let's just shack up, and then we figure it out. Here's what I want you to, everybody look at me. I'm going to teach you something. Ebonics 101. You ready? Put your notes down. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Say, get you a toy. Say it. One, two, three. Get you a toy. To play with. To play with. Okay? Now, we're going to do it together. Get you a toy. Ready? One, two, three. Get you a toy to play with. If somebody wants to come into your life and all they want to do is recreationally use you, 
I promise you, they're going to continue to recreationally use you. Let them play with a toy. Play with your mammy. Don't play with me. I don't have time. Sorry, it's the South. It's the South. <laughs> Somehow from New York, you were like, did he curse on stage? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me. Because if you do that, you're going to find yourself in a cycle where it's going to be years and years of doing the same thing. And when you're like, hey, babe, come on, let's get serious. Serious for what, man? Stop playing, man. You're always going to church and listening to that dumb stuff that that black Cuban go up there and tell you. And you're finding yourself in a cycle that's going to hurt you. So what does it look like to intentionally date? Write this down. Number one, you want to discuss your three greatest relationships fears. So like a marriage people, hey, baby, where am I crushing it at? Where am I doing really good? Hey, babe, where am I not doing good at? And then the third one that we do is like, hey, babe, if I could change one thing in our relationship to make all the difference, what would that be? So this is what we talk about as married people. But when you're dating, here's what you ask. I mean, what you tell. Hey, what are your three biggest relationship fears? Here's some examples of them. Number one is the pressure to have sex. I've had sex before marriage or I am a virgin. And what happens is that if you get me to that point, I'm not going to be able to control myself. And so what I don't want is pressured to be pressured into having sex because it's easy for me or I really value this and I don't want to be in a relationship where we have sex before marriage. And so, yo, this is something that really bothers me and I don't want to be. Hey, the other one is I don't want to tell you my deep secrets. I don't want to tell you about some stuff that I've done in my or some stuff that has happened to me because I feel like you're going to abuse that and you're going to share that with other people. I don't trust people. People have hurt me so bad that if I'm honest with you, sometimes it's really, really scary for me to be able to share stuff with other people. You know what? I don't get it. I don't ever get treated importantly. Everybody that I've been through has walked over me. So you're dating. This is being intentional. Oh my God, that's too much, Chino. Yo, don't do it on the first date. That'll be weird, yeah, bro. Weird. That'd be weird. <laughs> you know, on the first date, I think be like, hey, I want to talk about what the, where this is going. You know what I mean? Like if we are planning to date, if I'm not, I, I don't, if you're in the, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie stage of the relationship? Relax. Yeah. Relax. But if you're taking it a step where you're like, yo, I want to intentionally date you. These are the questions. Um, man, I don't, I've never been treated as number one. People have walked over me and kind of left me as a second or third option. And I've never really had anybody that made me feel important. And so that's one of my biggest fears. The other one is, yo, I have ideas, hopes, and dreams that have been crushed to the point that I don't even know what I want to do with my life. And sometimes my fear is that now I got a dream and now I got a calling. I got something that I want to do. And what I'm afraid of is that you're going to come in there. You're going to either step on it. You're going to take the flame off. And I'm afraid that you're going to hurt me in that way. Yeah. So these are some things that you can do and questions that you need to ask. And like you said, don't, don't do this on the first date, but, but do it when you're ready to be intentional about dating this person that you want to take that step of like, this is actually going to go somewhere. And it's so important to know these things and be able to communicate these things. Um, because it's, because I've, I've said it in the past, you have to know yourself and you, have to, and you have to know what God wants for you. We've talked about the calling. And if you don't know who you are and you cannot stand on your identity, who Christ tells you you are, then you're not going to be able to express these things. So as he's like reading these things, I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't know if when I was dating Chino, I could ask or like even admit some of the fears that I had about dating because I struggled so much with that. If I say that, that it could turn into something negative and then he didn't want to be with me. 
that had nothing to do with him. That had to do with me and my, my issues of abandonment or my issues of rejection. So you got to have to, before you get into this, you got to know who you are, become self-aware, understand, so that when you do have these really, really important conversations, that you're able to express yourself and be self-aware of what your needs and wants are. And that brings us to the second thing that we want to talk about, which is that you need to discuss boundaries. You don't know your boundaries if you don't know who you are, right? If I don't know my identity, then I can't set a fence around who I am, and you can't come past that until a certain point in our relationship. So it's so important if you don't set boundaries, you're going to find pain, you're going to find frustration, disappointments in your relationships. And this goes all around the board, not just romantically, but with friendships, with uh, partners, businesses, anybody that you reach, if you let someone walk past your boundaries, it's going to hurt you and you're going to find pain and frustration. So we're talking about dating today. Let's talk about a few just helpful boundaries just within dating right now. First of all, set a curfew. Listen, uh, uh, if, if you said, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to hang out with you at three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to set a curfew in my mind that I think a good time for us to end this date or end this time with each other is going to be at midnight because guess what? After midnight, I don't function very well. And who was it? Uh, you said it was in the first service. He talked about yeah. John Osteen. Yeah, John Osteen. Joel Osteen. Uh, what's the name of the church there? I'm sorry, I don't know. Lakewood Church, in, and, and he's the pastor, but his father, he had a, a thing, and it was a boundary, and it, it was named HALT. It was an acronym, H-A-L-T. Don't make any big decisions when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So if you're, you know after midnight, you're tired, you're gonna, your decision is going to be skewed because My you're tired. My mind's telling me no. Right. But my body. You gotta set the boundary, right? <laughs> Some of y'all are so secular. Some of y'all are so secular. Look I at try that. Try to keep it. I just try to keep moving, y'all. But you know, you just. <laughs> so set a curfew for yourself. You know, set another boundary of like, okay, if you're dating, what's a no-go? Is it no-go, you can't touch me? No-go, we can only hug, we can hold hands, but we can't kiss. Because if I start kissing, then it starts going down a road I don't want to go down. That's just a boundary. There's going to be a time and a place for that. But that is what gets you in a position where you put aside your identity, who you are, and your boundaries when you're doing things and going past that. Um, let's, let's not watch any movies that have sex in them. Let's not just go and watch a movie where there's a lot of romance and there's a lot of intimacy happening on the screen and then that gets your mind going. You start thinking about your partner. You're just like, oh, I want to do that right now. That's not the time or the place to do that, right? <laughs> no. Um, thinking about texting or, 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 or phone calls and, uh, you know, things like that. You don't risky text messages, things that you're sending each other. Let, let it be appropriate. Put the boundaries around yourself. You know what? This another really good boundary is drive yourself there. Hey, so you don't get caught up with your your time boundary. You go and you meet in your separate cars. So that when it's time, my boundaries hit. Hey, I love you. I have a great night. I it was, was the most amazing date I've ever had. We've had so much good conversation, but I need to go home. 
And, and he or she can't hold you back from that because now you have to get in the car and then they want to kiss in the car for an hour before and then that leads down and like, why don't you come in, let's have a drink or let's have a this, you know, or that. So, Absolutely. And, go ahead. No, I just think that whenever you, whenever you talk about these things, they may seem petty, yeah. but trust me, they've created so much hurt and pain in your life already or they've created pain and hurt and devastation in other people's lives. That if you set real boundaries, I think you're going to honor God, but then God is going to honor that relationship. Now, I, I want to say something because I think I, we kind of just flew by it, but we did mention it a couple of times. We keep saying, hey, you know, don't do that on the first date. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, you don't want to have all these conversations on the first date. And it's like, why not? Like, this is important, right? You're making it seem important. Here's what I want you to understand. There is a relationship pathway. People violate that relationship pathway all the time because you're dating or you're, 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 you're single and you start doing stuff that married folk do and you're dating, but you do stuff that engaged people do or you start going back and forth and we, we don't go on a pathway of getting to know each other. We just jump straight into it. And here's what happens. When you're in the beginning of getting to know somebody, yo, you don't have to have all these conversations. Why? Because my intentions right now are not to be in a romantic relationship with you. I think you're bad. You're pretty. I like you. you. There's a connection there. But before we jump into this, yo, let's get to know each other. Like, yo, talk to me a little bit about it. Let's have fun. Let's play mini golf. Let, before I ever tell you, but what happens is you'll find somebody like that. We used to call it talking back in the days. You're talking to somebody. Then you start making out. Then you start making out. Then you start touching places and you start doing stuff. You're bypassing the system. But if you can back up for a minute, yo, hold on. We don't need to, you know, do all of these things. Let me get to know you. And then if you're like, yo, I think I'm interested in you, then you can start the process of like, yo, let's be intentional with the dating phase. But right now we're single. You're single and I'm single, but let's walk through this. Hey, the last one that I want to give you real quick is number three is have focused conversations. Focused conversations. And so when you're in the dating, when you're in that dating phase, you want to obviously discuss your greatest fears. You also want to agree to values. Uh, you want to agree to boundaries, but then you also want to have focused conversations. And here's where I think the rubber meets the road in a very practical nature. All of us should be growing. If you're in your 80s, you should be growing. If you're 10 years old, you should be growing. We should all be getting better. Even in marriage, we should be getting better. And so when you're having intentional dating, there should be, if you don't know what to say, you're sitting there and you're just like, I like your glasses, girl. I like it. I like to see you walk away. <laughs> stop, Mike. Stop. Stop. You know what I mean? It's, this isn't, there isn't no really intentionality. Sometimes we're introverted. We don't even know how to ask these questions. There's resources available to y'all. Uh, write these down real quick. Uh, I should have had them on a note. But number one is The Four Love Languages by Jimmy Evans. The four, for, the four Laws of Love. I apologize. The Four Laws of Love by Jimmy Evans. Relationship Goals by Mike Todd. Incredible book. The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Chino, I'm still on The Four Laws. How you spell law? Like, I get it. Listen, I'm going to come back. Relational Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels. And so, The Four Laws of Love, Jimmy Evans. Relational Goals by Mike Todd. The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Relational Intelligence by Darius Daniels. Go back today and listen to the podcast so that you can, if you need to write them down. These are resources that these people have written really great ideas that you can take and be able to discuss together. 
When my kids played football, my kids would do, my kids would play football, and I, I noticed that when they were playing football, there was a time where they would, it's called the walkthrough, and they would play their plays, and they would go like this and do whatever their walk, their, their plays were. They wouldn't do full speed. They'll just sit there and turn around and, you know, turn around and catch the ball. And I'm like, yo, like, obviously, I, I understand sports, so I understand why that, but, yo, why aren't you running at full speed? It's because at first, if you can get it here, if you could understand it here, then it drops here and it becomes normal. So sometimes you'll be reading a book and you're like, yo, this isn't natural. You know what isn't natural? The fact that you're representing pain and hurt in your life. The fact that everybody in your life has had broken relationships and you are just redoing it. This is what natural is. Yo, reading something and having a conversation with somebody at first, it seems forced and like, oh, this is tough. But then after a while, yo, I don't sit there with my wife and we learned an acronym, conflict resolution. It's huge. Every marriage has to deal with it. And we had issues with conflict resolution. We didn't know how to, I, whoever yells the loudest in our household is going to get the point across. What I didn't know was that there was an intentional way of arguing or of having conflict. And so we were taught the word love. And so what we did is that when we had an issue with each other, all right, let's slow down. Our therapist told us that we need to do the love thing. Stop. Okay, listen, own it, validate, and empathize with the person. And at first, we're sitting there and I'm like, all right, what was the L? I forgot what the L was. Go. Listen. Listen to what And then, I'm okay, saying. all right. And then, oh, what was the O? Oh, let me look at the notes. Own it. Okay, own it. Go. And then, oh, we owned it. Boom. And then, what was the other? And then, and then we were looking. And then we were, we were literally looking at a piece of paper and having these conversations. Guess what? We don't even use the acronym now, but I can listen to her. I can own what I did. I can validate her pain. And then I can emphasize with that pain. And what it has done is that it was super, like, stiff and like ABC, one, two, three. But then it just became normal. Do you know that that's what school was? Your own personal life. You learn things and then you become things. So understanding that these books are not meant to give you more work. It's to be able to help you to have healthy relationships. Yeah. Um, and so when you're going through this, there might be a time where you realize, and this isn't for the married folk, this is just for people who are dating and who maybe are engaged at this point, but that you, you just need to end it. You've come to the realization that as we go through this, you start become self-aware, you understand who you are, your identity, and that this relationship is not pushing you towards your calling. This relationship maybe isn't even uh, approved by God, or, or, or you're in a situation where you just know that this isn't going to work. And then, so I want to just give you three little points real quick on how to break up, and um, because it's important on how you break up. This is not for the married folks. You're, you're in it. You're in contract Yay. right now. So you got to figure that out. Hallelujah. Okay? And, and if you're having some issues, come talk to us. Because, you know, there's plenty of people who can help you uh, walk through those, um, some of those things that you're going through when you're in marriage um, situations. And then if there's abuse or anything like that, these rules don't really apply to that. So don't take this as that. But if you're in just a relationship and you know it's just not going anywhere, take these three things. First, you want to end it quickly. Don't take too much time. If you know that you know that this is not going to work out, end it quickly. Secondly, be kind. Say it with kindness. Don't break the other person down and say it's all your fault or it's this or that. Just be kind about the situation. It's just not a time 
um, to be rude. Um, try and do it face to face if it's possible. Obviously, if there's abuse or things of that nature, don't do that. Um, be kind. Don't try not to break up with people over text. That's just not nice. Um, or ghost them. Just disappear. That that's not nice either. That makes people feel really bad. And then lastly, end it cleanly. Make sure you know what you're going to say and and be very confident in that and end it cleanly. Don't leave any open endings so that there is a possibility that if I wait a little longer, he or she will change their mind and then I can jump back into that relationship. Just be very clear about that. Yeah, and so I think um, if you're dating somebody and you know that this ain't going nowhere, you answered all these questions and you're just like, yo, this isn't going to work. Yo, end it. You're fine. It's okay. Because at the beginning, you can make sure that that is established. Let's walk through getting to know us. If you're in a little bit more of a serious relationships, yo, in our church, we have resources. We want to walk alongside of you. Not only do we have therapists that can help you if you're engaged, if you're actually married, like we want to walk through that with you. Don't feel like you're on your own or like we're just telling you arbitrarily, like, yo, just cut them off. Turn off your cell phone. Nah, man, like we want to walk through that with you. But what we're trying to show you is that if we're not intentional, what ends up happening is that one relationship after another relationship, what it does is it just creates holes, right? And so you allowed for him to take your purity and you lost your virginity or you went too far with this person and now you feel like you are one with this person and there's such a, a soul tie. And I mean, every time you're just like, it feels like another jab at your heart and it's a, another relationship and I let him do that what I told I said I would never let anybody else do it and I mean it just and that divorce happened and then that happened and before you know it you have all of these different holes that you're constantly going through and what happens is that in that what you try to do is that when the next person comes around and is like hey Chino here thank you hey uh you know fill in the blank your name uh, I I want to be in a relationship with you and then that person starts pouring love inside of you. God starts pouring love inside of you. And what ends up happening is that really you're so filled and damaged that you just can't even, like, I mean, it just doesn't even go there. And now you're like, yo, I'll never be in a relationship. Nobody will ever love me. I'll never be able to have anybody, et cetera, et cetera. You go down the list. And so what do we do in those moments when we're broken and we're hurting? I think uh, Valentine's Day has done a really good job of and um, rom-coms and even church sometimes has done this really good job of telling you 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 got to find your other half no <laughs> if you're a half a person and you get together with another half a person what's gonna happen is that you're like oh we complete each other You're really not completing each other because you two are dealing with a lot of stuff. And what's happening is that you're allowing for things to happen and brokenness. A half a person that meets another half a person, guess what that makes? A half a marriage. A half a relationship. A half a business. A half a friendship. But if we're able to say, you know what? How do I take these broken things, right, Chino? Because that abortion that I have is still letting power, letting love, letting hurt, shame enter into me, but I'm also leaking everything out. And what he did when he messed up with his ex-wife and what he portrayed on her, he's still doing to me. And I'm noticing that all we're doing is this, it's constantly just leaking. And we're getting to this place right now, Chino, where it just feels like, man, we're just dry. And the marriage and the relationship, and it's just, man, I just feel like it's just empty. Here's what I want you to see. 
The first verse that I ever re- that I ever remembered that I memorized as a Christian, and I don't know if I gave it to them, I was supposed to, but I didn't. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And then a new King James, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And so what this told me was that the Chino that made so many mistakes, that did so many things, that had so many holes in my soul, so many holes in my heart, I had a, we didn't misspell those words. I had a holy heart. My heart was just filled with so much damage and pain that if I place my trust in Jesus, if I place my life in Jesus, my relationships in Jesus, all of a sudden now I can handle purpose. I can handle destiny. I can handle the business that God wants to do. I can handle the kids. I can handle the future. I can handle the things. I can handle the pain. I can handle the hurt that life throws at me. I no longer have to leak and bleed all over the place, but now I have a structure. There is a God that's holding on to me and allowing for these things to fill me up instead of being spilled out. But I had to be in Christ. And so here, what this looks like is a couple of things. Number one, personally, if you're in this place and you know that you're far from God, I'm going to explain to you in just a minute what it would look like for you to be in Christ. But for some of us, our marriage, our relationships, this is what it's constantly looking like. And it's constantly dripping. Some of us faster than others. Hey, today, would you allow for God to come and to circle your marriage and to circle your relationship and to hold this thing together? Because if you don't, it's going to constantly be leaking. It's going to constantly be falling apart. And you're like, dude, I'm doing everything. I picked up my underwears. I put the towels back. I took the kids. I, I fed the dog. I took the dead fish and I replaced it with a new one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like I've done everything and I still feel like you don't even appreciate it. And it's because you might be completely in it, but she's not. And so you're separated. The idea is that you got to put this thing together. And when you put it together, you're able to walk in unity. Today, that starts with Jesus. That starts with you coming to a place where you say, Chino, my marriage has been upside down. Let's put it in Jesus. On Tuesday, we have our, our marriage G group. Yeah. <laughs> Would you jump on a Zoom call and learn how to live a better marriage? Would you allow for somebody from, that's not in your marriage have a conversation and would you go to somebody and say, hey, I'm in a spot, Josh, where I need, we're, we're, we're struggling right now. Can we walk through some stuff together? Oh, I don't let anybody in my business. My culture. Don't tell nobody about your family. Don't let nobody know nothing. You by yourself. That has perpetrated and created so many generational hurts in my life because we hit everything together. Because my grandfather, because my grandma, because my uncles, my aunt, my father, and generation after generation, those curses have just continued to come by because we've kept everything to ourselves. When in reality, God has created people in our life to help us so that we can grow and be stronger. But I've accepted a lie from the enemy instead of the truth from the Lord. And so now bringing people into a relationship is also going to be able to help you. Stop allowing for what they did to impact who you are. But then there's a group of us in here that your life has just been an absolute disaster. And you remember, even as I was talking about all those painful moments and the way that you've been abused, but the way that you've abused others. 
And today you walked in here, whether you were invited or maybe you saw an Instagram post or a Facebook post or you got a mailer at your house. I don't know how you showed up. But you came in here and you can be self-aware enough to admit, Chino, I'm a disaster. I don't know what I was coming in here. I thought the food bank was open and I wanted some chicken and rice. But I need Jesus. I need, before I fix this, I need this to be fixed. How, how do I do that, Chino? How much money do I got to give to the church? How, how much do I have to serve? What, what do I have to do to be able to get that? Can I tell you that you can do nothing to earn that? The only thing that you could do, it's not stop sleeping with her. It's not stop smoking that or stop drinking that or stop going there. You can't do any of those things to earn it. The only way that you can earn it is by faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. Meaning, confession with my mouth and faith is the only thing that can save me. Because... I've tried to stop smoking, drinking, hanging out with her, doing all these things. I tried to do all these things. And it feels like I'm a, I'm gonna, I don't want to be a hypocrite, Chino. So before I go to church and before I give my life to Jesus, I'm going to clean myself up. But I've never gone outside and played in the dirt, then took a shower, <laughs> and then got out of the shower and said, you know what? Now I'm going to jump back in the shower because I want to be clean. I've never taken a shower to take a shower. I mean, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. God is the only one that can help you to stop doing the things that you're doing. Quit trying to do them on your own. Come to Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And then you'll stop going on that cycle. But it starts with salvation. Number one. This is the first step. So all over this room, there are people here who today you've been doing it on your own for way too long. And I want to give you an opportunity to allow for Romans 10.9 to be real in your heart. Because when you do this part, the Holy Spirit begins to live inside of you. And now you'll be able to keep your pants up and your skirt down. You'll be able to turn off that. You'll be able to walk away from that. But you need the Holy Spirit living inside of you first. Would you do me a favor? And would you bow your head and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. God is using